Rabbi good morning. A good Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Parshas B'Shalach, Tov Shin Pei Gimel. Erev Shabbos Kodesh, where we're found, we find ourselves in the middle of the month of Shvat, getting closer to Tu B'Shvat, and all of the payers of Eretz Yisrael and the, the significance of Eretz Yisrael now becomes apparent to us. This recording is being recorded in Miami Beach, Florida. Um... There's a story with a story with a story, but to make a long story or story short, <laughs> the Revinson and I were supposed to be at a wedding last night here in my in Miami Beach, Florida, of our good friends uh, Rip Eliezer and Marlene Fox on the wedding of their son Eli, who Baruch Hashem got married last night, to his wife, and Mir Hashem, they should have a lot of mazel and rocha. We are now presently in Miami. We're going to be participating in the Sheva Brachas tonight. And we had great plans to be able to be at the wedding as well. But I think the title of this particular podcast is Menschen Tracht and Gottlacht. That means in English, man plans and God laughs. And I think that that's a great, great lesson. We were on our way on a direct flight which was left at Wednesday night for Meretz Yisrael, 11.15. We were supposed to arrive at 6 o'clock in the morning in Miami. And we had plans to be at the Kleiners, Baruch Hashem, uh, Joel Kleiner, who invited us to stay at his home. And then the Rebbein decided after a few hours of flying, there would be a medical um, emergency, and there was a person on the plane that they had to make a decision to land. The place they decided to land was in Madrid, they had doctors on the plane who said that's what they had to do. And I understand that this person now did get medical procedure and it seems to be all right. Um, but at the time, when we were about to land, the pilot had said we we're going to land and that we were going to continue after a short time. We we're going to continue on to our trip to Miami. But then as things were uh, transformed, the decision, uh, it seems the... the, the um, FAA does not allow for the flight to continue, and the flight was canceled. We got stuck in Madrid together with a couple hundred other people, and we were put up in a hotel, and we had no way to get to to get to, to Miami until the following evening. And at the same time, also, my phone went on the blink, so I was out of contact with everybody. And I thought it was like a great lesson that the Rebellion was teaching us, first of all, is that we have to recognize that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in charge, we're not in charge. Man makes plans, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu laughs. And we're soon going to see this is also hinted to in this week's parsha, and that man should not continue to think that he has that every person has it's within his power to, to do things. No. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in one second, HaKadosh Baruch Hu can change things. And uh, a typical, what we would call a derech hateva flight, turned into an entire day that was spent in Madrid. But I have to tell you that we saw great things on this trip. First of all, there were a good number of Yidin on the flight, and some of them we knew, and some people we got to meet. And we got to meet not only from Jews, there weren't that many from Jews, but there were as a group of from Jews. We got to meet all Jews, a lot of Israelis, other people that were on the flight. And we saw how, number one is, how the Pintalayid comes out, we made an announcement waiting in line in the hotel that there'll be a minion at 8 o'clock in the morning. I made that announcement. And we were, able, we were able to get 10 men to come. And out of those 10 men, there was one person 
that is not regularly put on tefillin in Israeli, and we told him, you know, he wanted to daven. We said, Kedavim, he says, yes, he put on tefillin. First he said no, then we convinced him yes, and he wore the tefillin the entire time. And I told his wife afterwards, he did a big mitzvah, he was the 10th man at the Minyan. And we saw that Yidin took care of each other, there were other people, they started making a chat, they were able to get kosher food in Madrid. We ended up spending an entire day in Madrid, and we had a mincha, we had a shacharis, Mincha, we weren't able to get a minion, but we did have a Mayrev at the airport. And um, there was one Israeli who was there, seemed to be a Chayal. If you take a look at him, you would say, oh, this is a person you want to stay away from. You know, big, strong guy, strapping guy with a lot of muscles and a lot of tattoos. But at the airport, one of the Lubavitchers that was there convinced him to put on tefillin. And he put on tefillin, he had such a smile on his face. Rabbi Sai, I learned Torah in Madrid. I even prepared some of this uh, podcast because I thought I'd be able to, 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 to be able to give it, but then my phone went on the blink. So there was Torah that was learned in Madrid. We went on a little tour with some people that we met, and we were able to go to the place, the plaza, where unfortunately the Anusim in Spain during the 1400s were killed. And today it's just a place where there's a lot of revelry that were there, but they said this is the plaza, a certain name, I don't remember the exact name. And we saw the place where unfortunately Yidin were killed, Jewish blood was spilled, and Hashem Yimkim Domov. We went to the shul, there's a shul there, we met the Lubavitcher Shliach, we uh, ate in a restaurant, a kosher pizza restaurant. And the main thing is that there were Yidin that were together and Yidin that, that flew together and we got to see each other in a different light. Why the Rebbe decided we should miss the wedding? It very well be to teach us so many lessons. Number one is like we said before, that Kodesh Baruch Hu is in charge. Number two is to maybe there was a tikkun that we made while we were there. And I think this is hinted to a little bit in the beginning of the parasha. The parasha says, Vahi b'shalach as we always say, try to get chizik from the parasha. So it was when, when Pirah sent out the nation, We know the Torah says, HaKadosh Baruch did not allow Klai go directly into Eretz Yisrael. He said, it's too close to the Plishtim. And therefore, uh, he's going to send them, and he's afraid that they might, uh, they're going to have to battle against the Plishtim in order to get into Eretz Yisrael. They might be too weak and they might return back to Mitzrayim. And therefore, Kodesh Baruch made a detour, a very long detour, 40-year detour, Derech HaMidbar. And the, that's what the Torah says in the, in the Indian of the uh, Karav. A lot of times, this is the lesson. The lesson is, is that a lot of times we think that the way to go is the way we want it to go. But Kodesh Baruch is really one that's in charge. And he decided that we should not go directly. We should have to make a roundabout uh, trip in, in, in when we were leaving Mitzrayim. And that's really the lesson that we have in life. I want to say over a Maisa, Reb Shneir Kutler, Zechat Tzadik Levracha, was engaged to his wife, Rebbe Zinrishel, before the war. And then what happened was he went to Eretz Yisrael and he ended up staying in Eretz Yisrael during the time of the war. His... Kala at the time, Rebetzin Rishul, last name was Friedman, she was stuck in Europe, and then she eventually, she was able to get to Shanghai, and only after the war, if I'm not mistaken, six or seven years later, did they reunite, and they got married, 
in America after the war. Um, or maybe it could be they got married in Eretz Yisrael. It could be he was with he was with his his, his Zayder, Mrs. Al Meltzer. He was learning in Yerushalayim Rakhodesh during the war. His father was in America, and there were even people who I heard they told Reb Schneier, "Who knows if you're ever going to see your kal again? But the war time, maybe you should break the shidduch." And Reb Schneier said, "Chas for Shalom." Reb Schneier waited, and Rebbe Zinrishel waited, and eventually they reunited. They got married. And they built a family, L'shem Teferis, the legacy of Lakewood Yeshiva. I was over myself to spend the Shabbos with the Rebetzin after Rip was Nifter. And I saw the way she handled different crises that came up with the Lakewood Yeshiva. She was a full partner in her husband's, in her husband's um, growth in the building of Lakewood. And we see what Lakewood is today. And this is all due to the fact that the Yidden, they decide... I call the table. The Rebbeinu is in charge, and there's not such a thing as the easy way out. We have to follow the the time traveled derech of having bitachin and Hakadosh Baruch Hu. The das kainim about teifus. Teifus says on the pasuk kikarov. He says kikarov kolayma ki ha'am karov laKadosh Baruch Hu. When it says kikarov, is it's really hinting to the fact that klai Yisrael is karov to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and Therefore, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he is the manik, and he's manik them in a certain way. And the certain way is, and he says, it should go in a roundabout fashion. Rav Sternbach Shlita says that since we're craving to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, if we would have gone through the Derech Eretz Pelishtim, which on the surface would have seemed a better path, it's closer to Eretz Yisrael, and the Plishtim was a, uh, already, a, you know, what I would say, it was the populated area. There was food there in Gashmias. It was definitely a lot better than going into the Midbar. The Midbar was a Mokham, but there's no food. The only thing that you have is the connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, And that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted. HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, it's not the Gashmias, it's the Ruchnias. Kikarev, Klai Yisrael is Karev HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, it's Kedai for Klai Yisrael to go through the Midbar, to the, go to the place where the, the, you will be connected, where the Tfilas and the Bakashas, that we end up davening in, in such a fashion, then that's really, the, those are the important Tfilas. I saw myself, just to speak about my own uh, episode now, just the 24 hours we spent in Madrid, I saw that we made, I made a minion and we had 10 people davening. And I saw the way the Goyim were looking at us. We were basically in the lobby downstairs in this major hotel. And we davened, and I myself davened with more kavona, so to speak, in certain areas, because I recognize, oh, ich bin a yid, and a yid has a connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And we saw all these pintle yidin that they popped out of the, of, the, of the woodwork, so to speak, and if we would not have been there, who knows, and who knows what kind of effect we had upon them. Perhaps HaKadosh Baruch was telling us not to go in the Derech HaKarev, to go directly, but to go in a, in a round-the-found fashion. And that's a lesson for all of us, that there's no such thing as what's called the Dovera HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he's the one that's in charge, something which looks like not necessarily the most appetizing or the easier way out or the difficult way a person could lose himself. You have to recognize HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in charge. In this week's parasha, I saw that they bring down the kasha that the Chazanish asked. The Chazanish says that the Pasuk seems to say the reason why they went through the Midbar is because he didn't want them to go through Derech Eretz Plishtim because he was afraid 
that they might want to turn around and go to Mitzrayim. We know there's a pasuk already previously that says that the reason why they went into the Midbar is The whole purpose of Klaizo was to enter into the Midbar in order to receive the Torah in Har Sinai. So the Torah, does, the Torah should have said that the reason why he went not there Plishtim uh, and, the, and, and he didn't go through the and he went through the midbar is because Klaizo was supposed to receive the Torah in Har Sinai. The Chazanish himself gives a few answers. One of the answers that's brought down is that the Rebbeinu said that um, if they would have gone um, into Eretz Yisrael, if they would have gone directly into Eretz Yisrael, then um, they, 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 excuse me, if they would have gone directly, they, they would have gone directly into Eretz Yisrael. So Kodesh Baruch said, no, we should go into the Midbar because of the reason of Pen Yinochem. I, we asked the Kasha that the, we have to go to Harasina, we have to go into the Midbar. So the Chazni says, well, that could have, we could have answered that question. Don't go into the Midbar directly. We could have gone into Eretz Yisrael first. And then afterward, we made a little bit of Yishuv in Eretz Yisrael, then we could have gone out into the Midbar and go to Harasina. I, you'll ask that that seems to be a little strange. They're going to Eretz Yisrael without the Torah, and then you go out into the, and you get the Torah in the Midbar. If you're ready in Eretz Yisrael, why don't you just give the Torah in Eretz Yisrael? I was thinking myself, perhaps they could have given it at the Kaisel, at the Beis HaMikdash, at Har Maria. Why do you have to go to Har Sinai? Go to Har Maria. So, Rav Sturmach Zatzal says, Rav Sturmach Shlita says, this could be what Trat in the Chazanish Zatzal, that the side of the Torah is that the world, the entire world, only exists because of the Torah. And if, if the Torah would have been given in Eretz Yisrael, people would make a mistake and would say, oh, in Eretz Yisrael, when a person is on a high level, then he has to keep the Torah. But chas v'shom, like the maskilim hold, oh, when you're in Chutz Laretz, you're surrounded by the Goyim, you don't necessarily have to flaunt it, <coughs> you don't have to act like a Yid. And you might have thought that you don't have to keep the Torah in all of its completeness, chas v'shom. Over here the Chazanish is telling us that no, the Torah is Iber Al. The Torah was not given Dafka in Eretz Yisrael. The Torah was given in Chutzlaretz because the Torah is the basis for the entire Bria. And this is a message for all of us that no matter where we are, we carry the Torah with us and, um, and we recognize that the Torah is Iber Al. The Pasuk says, when we speak about this part, there's so much in it, B'nai Yisrael, they were, uh, they were about to be surrounded by the, by the Mitzrayim and Paris running after them. And there's this Shalishim al-Kulay. Last year we spoke about the Shalishim. And there's, a, there's, there's, there's the Anan, and there's everything else that's going on. The Anan Aish and the Amud Laila. The Anan and the Amud and the Amud Aish. And then it says, Moshe Rabbeinu picked up his hand, Pasuk Chavalev. He made a Ruach Kadim and that changed things around and um, all of a sudden the sea split. And it says, Klaiso went in the midst of the Yam in the Yabosha. And the Mayim was on the right and the Mayim was on the left and everyone knows the stories. The Egyptians are running after them. But then there's another Pasuk the Pasuk says that when Moshe Rabbeinu lifted up his hands, it says, He went into the Yabasha, 
So on one hand it says, it was betoich hayam by Abosh, and one pasuk says, by Abosh betoich hayam. This question is already asked by many, and it's different to Rutzim, but I saw that Rav Sturmbach says, that the Torah is really teaching us that a Yid, even when he's, when he, a Yid learns out from the Nisim, what's called the Nisim Guluyim to the Nisim Nistarim. When we see a big nest, that's very easy to be a mammon. But we don't see this. We see what's called Teva. We see what's called Nature. We don't necessarily have the same understanding that really even the Teva is a Baruch Hu. Yisrael, when they went, so first it says that it was Hayam Besoch Hayabosha. Besoch Hayam Bayabosha. They were in the sea, and a Baruch Hu made a nest. And even though they were in the raging sea, a Baruch Hu split it, and that was the great nest of Kriyas Yamsuf. But Klai Yisrael learned that a lesson. Even when they're on the so-called land, where seems, things seem to be up in Erechateva, this is the way it's supposed to be. We have to recognize everything is Betoch We're always in the raging sea. HaKadosh Baruch Hu could change things so rapidly. And we have to recognize we're only here because of the grace of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Mi ka'amcha and what, how do we have that connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Only through the Torah and only through the Amunah and HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the Kirva, recognizing, especially Klai Yisrael, that we're the chosen people and HaKadosh Baruch Hu is watching over us, even in all elements, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is always with us. And as we look at the world today, we see the Olam HaSheker, we see how the world is shaking, we see how things are not so simple. We have to recognize HaKadosh Baruch Hu is watching over us. And not to be despaired, and, and not to see when things don't go exactly the way we want it to go, that is as if we're the ones that make the plans. No, mention tracht and got lacht. Man can think, man can plan, but of course, Baruch is the one that's really in charge. The last things, the last two things we want to speak about is first of all, a great vort that I saw from Rebelli Baruch Finkel and a Misa, which I had mentioned in the past, but I think it's really a great, great lesson for all of us. In the Oz Yashir, we're all familiar with it. This is the parish of the Shira Sayam. The meaning is to give out bread even to the, to the birds. I spoke about this uh, at the restaurant to the few people that were, had, that were there. And there was a woman that was there didn't grow up so religiously. And she said she never heard this custom. And I told her whole story about the birds. The main thing is, in Oz Yashir, we know that Kla Yisrael sang, Oz Yashir, Moshe, V'nei Yisrael, Sashir, Azos, Lashem, Ashir, Lashem, So we sing this great praise. It's On the other hand, we know, that um, Chazal tell us that the Malachim wanted to say Shira, and HaKadosh Baruch said, Shira. They wanted to say Shira, and HaKadosh Baruch said, no, the Egyptians are drowning. And even though the Egyptians were Rishayim, they deserve to get punished, but still they are Briyas of HaKadosh Baruch and therefore how could you possibly say Shira? So the question is, the paradox, Klai was able to say Shira, and the Malachim can't say Shira, what's the difference? <coughs> the answer that is popularly given from the Grizz, uh, the Revelvel, the son of Reb Chaim, is that there's a difference between an angel and a person. When an, an angel is giving Shira, he's just thinking about the Shvach of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He's praising HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, very, very nice that you're praising me for this great miracle. But when my, my Siyadai, when my Briyas are being killed, <coughs> I, you can't give praises. You don't have a right to give praise to me. It's not a complete, complete praise. But when man gives praise, when Klaizol gave praises, they gave, Klaizol gave a praise 
because they were thankful to HaKadosh Baruch All the things that they saw <coughs> were all miracles that they saw how HaKadosh Baruch was watching over them for so many years, and he finally brought things to fruition. Man has a right to say Shira as a, an act of HaKadosh Hatayv. And therefore, that the, that's the basic answer to why man is allowed to say Shira and the Malachim are not allowed to say Shira. <coughs> they ask Akasha that the truth is that the Beis Yosef says in Arachayim, he brings down from the Shabbat Leket, that on Leil Shvi Shal Pesach, we don't say Halo Shalom. We're not supposed to say Halo Shalom. In the shuls where the people at the minute to say Halo, we don't do it on Leil Shvi Shal Pesach, which is the day of, 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 of the remembrance of the Kriyas Yamsud. And the reason is because my Seyodai Tvun Biyam. He says, because you can't say Shira complete. Because my siyoda from beyond, at the same time, which had against the angels. And the Kasha is, no, we said before that Klai Yisrael, it's mutter for them to say Shira. Another Kasha is that on Leil Pesach, we do say Halo Sholem. <coughs> and the question is, how can we say Halo Sholem on Leil Pesach? It was Makas Bechairis. The Makas Bechairis, <coughs> there were many, many <coughs> Egyptians that were killed. So it should be the same time that they had against the Malachim. <coughs> so, the terrorists that they want to give is like this. That at the time of Kriyas Yamsuf, for sure it was Mutav B'nai Yisrael because they had Hakar Satov. At the time of Hakar Satov, the Shasa Yitziah, Hakar Satov, we're allowed to say Shira. What the Mughan of Rome is saying is that was only Dafka then, at the time of the Kriyas Yamsuf. But today, where Ledairi Dairis on Leel Shvi Shal Pesach, then the, the people, the Yidin then are just like the Malachim. They're saying Shira, the Shira is not an Asil Yeshira of HaKadosh Satov, right? It's just a Shira of the greatness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So then we have a Taino of Maise Yod, Etfum Biyam, Atamamim Shira. But on Leil Rishon Shal Pesach, then Klai Yisrael is allowed to say Halo Sholem. Why? Because there's a special mitzvah of Chayv Adam Lyris' Atzmik Yiluhu Yotzam in Mitzrayim. There's a special obligation on Leil Pesach for a person to actually feel as if he is leaving Mitzrayim at this time. So therefore there is an act, if every single Yid at this time is leaving Mitzrayim, and therefore it's a Hakar Satov. Hakar Satov, it doesn't bother us that there's Maisa Yod through Miyam, because I'm allowed to say it, just like they're allowed to say it on Shvi Yishol Pesach. So it comes out, to a certain extent, that Shvi Yishol Pesach for Deiris is less important than Yom Rishon Shal Pesach. And I have to tell you that whenever I have the Suda with the, the, the Seder with my children and grandchildren, I always try to speak about this Rambam, to speak about this really, this Chazal, and to try to get everyone into the mode that on Leil Pesach, we literally are in Mitzrayim. It's Chayiv Adam, the Lashon the Rambam is Lahiris, it's Yotza Ata Mitzrayim. It's as if we ourselves are living Mitzrayim. And this is a message for all of us to have a great Akarsa Tov Takarish for all the goodness that he does for us. And there's a Pasik in this week's parsha, which I'm always fond of speaking about because it has a personal relationship with our family, and it's very, very meaningful to me. The Pasik says, Yisrael When Kla Yisrael is about to leave Mitzrayim, so it says that Kla Yisrael was leaving with an outstretched arm. And Rashi points out that what is the pshat that Bnei Yisrael Yotzim Yod Rama? So Rashi gives the pshat Begvura Gavaya Umufur Semes. 
It's like a tremendous uplifting gevura. And the question is really, what is Rashi trying to tell us? What does Rashi mean? And what was really the, the lesson that the Torah is telling us? was machazik the right before Shani, and Mitzrayim ran after them, and it says Bnei Yisrael left in a very very exalting fashion. My great my great grandfather was a yid, was a tzaddik, and his name was Rabbi Chil Shraga Feivel Tarshish, and he decided for whatever reason, we'll try to make the story short, that he was going to move to America in the early 1900s with his family. And he wasn't sure if he should do it to bring his children because perhaps the, America was called the Trey for Medina. He decided to ask advice from the, from the great Rogachava Eloy, who was the Rav in Dvinsk. And he went to him, and when he got there, he said that the, that the Rogachava was Mamash Arangit, was involved in learning. And finally, he got himself a little bit out of learning, and he said to him, he saw my great grandfather, who I was able to see, and he said, what do you want? And he told him what he's thinking about. He said, Go to the Kayin and come to Rik. Go to the Kayin and come back. What did he mean? Go across the street to Rabbi Simcha, the, Rav, the other Rav of the Vince, the Ashkenazic Rav of the Vince. The Rav of was the Rav of the Lubavitcher group, of the Hasidic group. And he said, Go to him and then come back to me. So that's what he did. He went across the street to Rabbi Simcha, and Rabbi Simcha invited him in. And my great grandfather was a Hashem looking person, and he was a tzad, he was a Tzadik. I can't say, you know, he, he was a great Talmud Chacham as well. And when the Mary Simcha asked him what he wanted, he said, you can go to America, your children, they're fully steeped in, 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 in religion and Yiddishkeit. And he gave him a brach and he said, you can go to America and invent the Shatten and your children will remain religious is really what happened. The great schus, that the lineage from my great-grandfather, all of that family remained from until today. Big, big bracha. And he said... That was the passage that he said. He said, He said, you're from the Geza Tarshishim. His name was Tarshish. And you can go. And then he decided to go back across the street to the Ragachov. And when he went into the Ragachov, the Ragachov lifted up his head. And he said to him, these words, He said the exact same passage which the Mary Simcha uh, the Meir Simcha, the Baal Meshachachma, the Baal, or Sameach said over, which itself was a great, great ness. And they both were Mechavim to the same Pasuk. And I was always wondering, what's the Pshat, why they chose this Pasuk from all the Psukim to give a bracha with? So what does Rashi mean when he says, Begvura Gavayim for Semes? I saw, saw over from the Svasemes and also from Revolbi Zetzal that they explain that. Klai Yisrael was in the Memtesh Shari Tumim. Klai Yisrael had fallen so far. But at this point, at this point the Rebbe lifted them up and he gave them what's called Godless Hamoichen. Instead of being Katnus Hamoichen, Godless Hamoichen. The mind and the spirit was raised up. That means they elevated themselves. Now we're in a different level. That's the Pshat. And a Yid has to have that feeling. We are all Yotze Mitzrayim. And as we go through the Golas, and a lot of times we see things, and there's so many Tzaras, and there's so many things which can make a person what's called Katnas HaMoichen. person has to feel, no, I'm from the Bnei Yisrael. I'm from the people that are different. And to recognize that in the Golas that we are in, 
we are still the Kravim to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I have to tell you, when I entered into the United States, the Border Patrol guy started asking me questions. He started saying, you know, you look at the rabbi, can you tell me like, why there's so many Jews, uh, they come to Florida, because I guess he sees a lot of people coming. I said, it's the weather. He said, that's the only reason? He said, yeah, that's the only reason, I like the weather here. So then he starts asking me about, I heard there's three different groups. He was a Puerto Rican guy. I said, he starts telling me, yeah, there's Orthodox and there's conservatives, reform. And he started, he started asking me, did the conservative and the reform, did they, did they cover the hair? I said, uh, I don't think so. They don't really have that belief and therefore they don't do it. But this is even a guy, a guy who's able to see that there's a difference between the, what Yidin are all about. Rabbi Sai, give a bracha. We should recognize we are from the chosen nation. This week's parasha, parasha's b'shalach. As we go through the Golas, as we get closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we should all be Yotzeh Mitzrayim. Give everyone a bracha. The Shabbos should be a wonderful Shabbos. And we should have a wonderful, wonderful Tu B'Shvat, wishing everyone a great Shabbos. Thank you very much for listening. We want to thank jfoundations.com. If you could sponsor any of our activities, be another way of addressing and being able to give over Torah to other people. Go on the website and show your support. Thank you very much for joining us.